Welcome to Abiding Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget... You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently airing a series on the Holy Spirit titled, The Missing Person. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Yeah, 2 Peter chapter 1 tonight is where we're going to be in our Bible study. We're going through our Missing Person series, the Biblical search for the third person of the Trinity, and this is our eighth installment and our last installment of this. Now, we summed up last time with just the simple ideas of when Jesus said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will bear much fruit. You know, basically we're going to, John fifteen five. if we abide in the vine, we'll bear much fruit. And he says, without me, you can do nothing. And so that's one of the things that we looked at last time. The other thing we talked about was and kind of summing up the whole thing, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. And so those ideas of walking in the Spirit and, and connecting to the vine, being close to the Lord, not allowing that relationship to go unhindered, that's really what we're talking about as we talk about these things. But here, He's going to reveal a whole new side to that in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. And so we're going to just kind of go through this first section here. I'm not going to really expound on everything, just the things that relate to what we're talking about today. But it says 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, Notice what he says here. He's writing to those who have obtained, and and what this literally means when he says like precious faith, he's saying the same type of faith. The same type of faith as, as who? The same type of faith that Peter and those with him have. Now, this is an interesting thought because when we think of Peter, we think of, I don't know, I think probably because of, you know, myth and legend we think of Peter as the guy who sits at the pearly gates and we tell him all the things that we did in life and he grades us and lets us in or doesn't let us in based on whatever merit we've achieved within our lives. And I think that somehow we think, well, you know, Peter and the apostles, those guys are up here and we, lowly, you know, less than saint Christians, are somewhere way down here. But what he is saying is he's saying we have obta- we've obtained the same faith as the apostles attained. There's no difference between an apostle and somebody who just got saved in terms of how we are saved and our qualifications of salvation. That's an interesting concept to a lot of people because a lot of people kind of think that there's a ranking system or somehow and you know and you think of a saint you think of somebody who you know you they earn the place of a bobblehead on your dashboard because they're so important you know that we would revere them or venerate them or something like that because they've had a miracle in their life and they you know were whatever but but peter was actually the first one to key into this and it's kind of interesting 
Because in Acts chapter 15, you remember there was a council at Jerusalem where they brought everybody together, and, and the big question was, can the Gentiles be saved? And that was the big question. Now today, in our culture, it's more like, can the Jews be saved? <laughs> but in those days, it was, can the Gentiles be saved? Can you be saved without becoming a Jew? And that was really the question. And so Peter came and he testified to the fact that he was in Joppa, that he saw this vision, that the Lord showed him this sheet with four-footed beasts and creeping things in it. It says, Rise, arise, Peter, kill and eat. And he says, I won't put anything unclean in my mouth, Lord. And he said, no, Lord, I'm not going to do that. And he says, don't call what I've cleansed unclean. And so Peter would go from Joppa to the house of a centurion by the name of Cornelius, and Cornelius was a Gentile. And in his house, Cornelius wasn't going to keep it to himself. He knew that this man from God was going to come to his house, so he invited everybody. He had 100 plus people in his house when Peter got there. And Peter preached the gospel to them, and the Holy Spirit fell upon them. They weren't even water baptized. They weren't even circumcised. They weren't any of that stuff. And they began to speak in tongues and prophesy, showing evidence that they'd been filled with the Holy Spirit and so Peter says, who could forbid water? He's talking to the, his Jewish witnesses that he brought with him, six guys. He's like, who, which one of you would forbid water that we would baptize these guys? Obviously, the Holy Spirit has shown no partiality. Obviously, the Holy Spirit has accepted them into the kingdom of God. And so when Peter, in, in Acts chapter 15 would stand before the council and have to defend the, the idea that the Gentiles could be saved and, and, and defend the idea that the Gentiles would receive salvation aside from the works of the lost, aside from all the, all the commandments and everything and all the circumcision and all that, he would say, it's clear to me that the Holy Spirit testifies that we are saved by faith just as they were. Now that was significant because he wasn't saying, oh, well, we're saved super saints because we're Jews who got saved and they're these lowly Gentiles that God has let eke into the kingdom. No, he was saying, no, we Jews who have tried to keep the law and done the best we could and, and why would we put a burden on them that neither we or our fathers could keep that we are saved the same way that they are saved by faith in Jesus Christ justified in the spirit beautiful how that whole thing works because we could easily make the mistake that peter he's going to get to heaven it's going to be a big party and and oh everybody's going to be woohoo peter and then when we get there we're just barely going to crawl in you know and nobody's going to notice but that's not what peter's saying here he's saying you are saved the same way that we are you are righteous the same way that we are how because of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Notice what he says there. He says, you obtained like precious faith with us by not our righteousness, not your goodness, but by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is phenomenal as we think about it. You remember the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector, Luke chapter 18, where the Pharisee and the tax collector both went up to the temple to pray. The Pharisee stood up in front and threw his arms in the air and looked up to heaven and he's like, God, thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners and thieves and liars and 
I tithe and I do, you know, he basically went and he's bragging about all his accomplishments, all the things he did, and he says, I'm not like this tax collector. And the tax collector was in the back, and he was just beating his breast. He knew he was a sinner. And he said, be merciful to me, God, a sinner. And Jesus says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. See, there is a wickedly religious part of us as believers that believe that we earn this whole thing. Even for those of us who know that's not true. We still struggle with that. We still feel like, you know, basically if I do good, if I make good choices, if I'm, if I'm uh, uh, you know, constantly reading my Bible and constantly praying and constantly doing the right things, then I'm going to be accepted and God's going to be like, oh, good job. And if, I, if I'm failing somehow or making mistakes in my life, that God's going to cast me out. But Peter says we've obtained like or the same kind of faith. How? By our goodness, by our great choices? No, by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Paul makes this point in Romans chapter 10 when he says this. He says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. He's saying that the Jews, they love God, they have a zeal for God. But notice he says, I want them to be saved. What does that mean? That they're not. And then he says, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of law for righteousness to everyone who believes. In other words, righteousness is not something that we obtain through establishing our own righteousness, but it's righteousness that we obtain from God and those who seek to establish their own righteousness are not saved and those who put their faith in Jesus Christ alone are. Christ puts an end to the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. It says in Romans chapter 10 verse 4. In fact, it's interesting because in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17, you know, you would think, well, maybe under the old covenant that God would accept those who were perfect at keeping the law and he would reject those who didn't keep the law. And yet Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17 says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Not their righteousness is because they're great and they've done everything they're supposed to do. No, he says, their righteousness is from me. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.